Lifting me up from the ground Love is the power Where my freedom song is found There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down There ain't no Since you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. 
Since you walked out of the grave, I'm a walking too. Jesus, since you walked out of the grave, I'm a walking too. Since you walked out of the grave, I'm a walking too. Oh, hey, since you walked out of the grave, I'm a walking too. Victor's crown. 
You are Jesus the Messiah You're the hope of all the world By your grace I live and breathe to worship you Return Church. It is such an honor to be able to come to you by way of video this morning and to greet you and to share the word of the Lord with you all this morning. The only thing I can think of that would be better is if we could actually be there and in person. And soon enough, uh, we believe that it will uh, happen. And we're so excited about that. Looking forward to, to coming and being part of the church and, and uh, just being uh, a part of what God is doing there in southern Indiana. It's uh, so exciting for us, our family. And we're looking forward to, to being with you very, very soon. And hopefully our lives all get back to normal. It's a very interesting time that we're living in, isn't it? And uh, I just want to thank Pastor Bill and uh, the leadership team for just inviting us the opportunity to, to share with you by way of video this morning. And uh, have a, a word. You know, we're living in, 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 in a dark day. It's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of things that we don't understand about what's, what's going on. But it is the greatest day, and I'm excited. You know, the church... Is, is exploring all kinds of new things and we're doing uh, all kinds of new things and reaching people and it's really stretching us in this season but God is doing a great work in us and I'm excited about the fruit that, that is ahead because of what God's doing in us today and it really is despite the fact that it is a dark day it's a, an exciting day and today is Easter it's a great time that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ the fact that he is not dead 
He didn't stay in that tomb, but he rose up out of the grave and brought with it life, eternal life for all of us. And so it's a, a, a glorious day. But I, I want to talk to you today a message uh, we'll call the darkest day. And if you would just look in the, the gospel of Matthew chapter 15, and uh, we'll, we'll start to read in verse 33. It says, Now when the, the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, yama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, he is calling for Elijah. And then some, someone ran and filled the sponge full of sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink, saying, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. And the veil tore, I'm sorry, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. It was seemingly a, a dark day, and it was probably the darkest day in human history. It's amazing just to consider that for an, a span of three hours, uh, the, the sun did not give its light or was blocked, and that the entire earth was covered with darkness. This was a dark day in, in uh, so many respects. And the fact that the, the Son of God, uh, who, who created this world, came into this world and, and was rejected by men and betrayed by his own brothers and, and, and put upon the cross and, and died a, a criminal's death. And what a dark day. And as you, as you look at this and as you glimpse the cross, it, it seems that Jesus has been defeated. And many look at, at Jesus as a weak and emaciated figure and all that they can see is the defeat. And, it, and really, ultimately, it looks that way. It looks as though uh, Satan had won a great victory. And uh, what, what happens here and what transpires here is truly an amazing thing. The Bible tells us that Jesus became a curse. It says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. Jesus being hung upon the tree became a curse for all of us. This indeed was a dark, dark day. In John, it, it talks about it, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. It says, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from earth, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses was lifted up, uh, like the serpent in the wilderness, I'm sorry, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so we, we're seeing this, that like that, that serpent that was lifted up on that rod, even so Jesus is lifted up on the tree and he has become a curse for us. And the Bible also tells us that Jesus became sin for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be reconciled, or I'm sorry, that we might become the righteousness 
of God in him. And so we, we see this happening. Jesus becoming a curse. Jesus becoming sin for us. And what a dark day that was that the sin of all humanity was placed upon him. And, and we see the agony that, that he expresses there in the Garden of Gethsemane before he is crucified. Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Let me not drink this cup of suffering. You think about the agony of taking on all of the sins of the world. He who knew no sin became sin for us and died upon the cross for us. But there's so much more that, 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 we can, that, 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 that transpired here than we can ever see or imagine. Jesus talks about this in, in uh, John chapter 12, verses 30 through 33. And this is really a twofold prophecy. Jesus uh, it says this, Jesus answered and he said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the ruler of this world cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. And this he said, said signifying the manner of death that she, he should die. Uh, what, what exactly does all of this mean? What, what is he talking about? We, we, we have heard this, and I sing it as a song gr growing up. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And it, it, it took on a meaning to us in, in, in that song that it meant that if we lifted him up in praise, that men would be drawn to him. And there's a truth in that and the reality of that. If we lift the Savior up and if we worship him, men are drawn to him. But that's not what it's talking about in this passage of Scripture. It says that very specifically that he said this signifying the manner of death that he should die. It's talking about him being lifted up on the cross. And if he's lifted up on the cross, that he would lift all men unto him, himself or he would draw all men unto himself. As we see this, this is a very dark day. This is a very tragic day, but it is one of the greatest days also in human history. It was the darkest day of human history where, where man put in an, a terrible injustice upon Jesus, but God, through the injustice of man, wrought justice for all of mankind. It's something that is hard for us to comprehend. It's hard for us to fathom all that God did in putting his, his son who lived a, a sinless life and he, he put all of our sins upon him and he offered him as a sacrifice to atone for our sins. It's something that we cannot comprehend. And in that, God is able to draw his sons unto himself and to restore us and reconcile uh, our, our lives back to him because of, the, of what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. But if you look into this prophecy, I said it was a twofold prophecy. And this is Jesus prophesying of his death. If I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. But this is a, there's, there's another dimension to this that if we're not careful, we can miss. There, there, there's a twofold uh, prophecy that Jesus is giving here. He's prophesying of his death on the cross, but he's also prophesying the, the, the complete defeat of his enemy, Satan. It says, now is the judgment of this world, and now would the ruler of this world be cast out. The Bible gives us many references. In fact, Jesus himself uh, foretells and, and talks about the, the, the falling of Satan in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. There, there are several instances where it talks about the fall of, of Satan. But it says this in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, in the words of Jesus himself, he foretells of Satan's falling. So the 70 returned to him with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus responds to them. And he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, 
I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So Jesus is, is prophesying here. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I say he's prophesying because I don't believe this is something that has, has yet happened. When exactly did Satan fall? It talks about it in Isaiah. It says, oh, how are you fallen uh, from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, this is Isaiah chapter 40, or 14, verses 12 through 17. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also set on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who did make the earth to tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did open the house uh, of his prisoners? Uh, I, I believe that when we, the, the day comes and we actually do get to gaze upon Satan, we're going to be astounded. We are going to wonder, is this the one that made the nations to tremble? Is it, I, I believe we're going to be so underwhelmed at, at, at this creature. And we're going to say, how in this, the world did this tiny little uh, puny being cause all of this evil and all of the havoc that, that has for, for thousands of years of human history uh, it, uh, wreaked havoc upon our earth. Is this the one? This little guy is going to look like a, a, a scrawny little Barney Fife that doesn't even have the silver bullet in his pocket. He's been disarmed, the Bible tells us, at the cross. Jesus disarmed him. He took his ammunition away, and yet he's been able to, to make the nations to tremble in fear. We're, we're going to wonder at the underwhelming stature of this being. How in the world did he cause all of the nations to tremble? But there's this, this prophecy in Isaiah is talking about a time. And again, I say it's a prophecy. It's a foretelling of something that is yet to come. When did Satan fall? When did Satan fall? There, there are some that think he fell before uh, creation. That, that can't possibly happen. The, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel that he was created on a day. And the, the evening and the morning were the first day. That's in the week of creation. And it says that he was created in a day. And the word there is yom. The, the, the Greek, the, I'm sorry, the Hebrew word, which, which is a 24-hour period. Satan was created on a day. And I believe that Galatians, or Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, tells us, it gives us a, a hint about when he was created. In verse 1, it says, Thus the, 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 the hosts of the heavens and the earth were created. So I believe that it's telling us that the hosts of heaven, the angels, were created during creation week, as it says in Ezekiel. It indicates that, that he was created on a day and he was created in the garden of God or the garden of Eden. He was there and, and he walked about in the garden of Eden. That was when he was created. Ezekiel gives us great insight into that. So I don't believe that, that Satan fell before uh, creation. I, I believe that he rebelled against God in the garden. 
He rebelled against God and he drew man into sin against God. He was trying to exalt himself in that moment against God and, and to exalt himself and establish his own kingdom. But I don't even think that was when Satan ultimately would fall. I believe that the, the indication that we need is, is in the scripture. It's actually in the words of Jesus of when Satan fall, fell. It's in that passage that we read in John chapter 12, verses 30 through 33. If I am lifted up, he's prophesying of his death on the cross. I'll draw all men unto me. And in that same prophetic breath, in that same prophetic utterance, he, he, he says, uh, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. I believe that it was at the cross that Jesus dealt the blow of ultimate defeat to the enemy. At the cross, Jesus destroyed every single enemy. He, he, he took the ammunitions, as Galatians said. He, he disarmed principalities and powers and took the ammunition away from them. And Satan fell at, at, at the cross of Jesus Christ. You, you see, in the Old Testament, Satan had access to the throne of God. He had access to the heavens. We see him going to and fro. And there are instances in Scripture in the Old Testament where it says that he was actually in the heavens with the sons of God. And so we, we, he, we know that he still had access. There's an example of that in Job chapter 1. And uh, so that, that's Old Testament. But I believe that in the New Testament, Satan no longer has access. What, what would make you say that? I believe, because of, I believe that because of the prophetic words of Jesus, right? If I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And I, now is the judgment of this world. And now shall the prince of, of this world, or the ruler of this world, be cast out. He's prophesying, I'm going to the cross to die, but in this death, my enemy is going to be defeated. It's what God prophesied to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first messianic prophecy, the first foretelling that, that, that yes, you, you've, you've fallen into sin and there's going to be enmity between you and the woman, but I'm going to see this, send the seed of, the, of, of woman, which is prophesying, prophesying that Jesus is going to come and he, yes, you will bruise his heel but he will bruise or crush, crush your head. It was at the cross where Satan bruised the heel of the Messiah, but it was at the cross where Jesus bruised and crushed the head of our enemies. Satan was defeated at the cross, and I believe that he has been cast down. I, I, I believe that, that, the, that the, the, the Bible gives an, a great insight of a war that took place. In the book of Revelation, it talks about a war that takes place in the heavenlies. I'm going to read that to you. It says a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. 
You see, there's something playing out here and, and, and there's this war in heaven. I believe this is literally happening as Jesus is there offering himself upon the cross. I don't know exactly the time frame of when this exactly transpires, but somewhere there as Jesus in that time period between when Jesus is hanging on that cross to the day that he resurrects, I believe that there was a, something that transpired in the heavens and that Satan was cast out and no longer has place. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. No longer can he accuse you before the throne of God. And I tell believers this all the time. Listen, Satan can't accuse us. That's why he needs us to attack one another. That's why he needs us to, to accuse one another. He needs a mouthpiece to do his bidding because he no longer has access. And so he will use us. And so we've got to stop it. We've got to stop accusing our brothers. We've got to, the Bible says we need to encourage one another while it is, it is today, it's called today. We need to edify one another. We need to build one another up. Stop the accusations. Stop the slander. Stop the backbiting. Galatians, uh, Paul writing there, he says, why, why are you surprised that you are consumed when you are devouring one another? We're eating one another and backbiting. We've got to love one another and edify one another and encourage one another. Because if, if we are accusing our brother, if we're constantly attacking and murmuring and backbiting against our brother, we are doing the bidding of Satan. We are allying ourselves with our greatest enemy and, and accusing and attacking and slandering one another. We've got to stop that kind of stuff in the body of Christ. We need to learn to walk in unity. Listen, I want you to understand this. Satan no longer has access to the throne of God. That's why the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace because of what Jesus Christ has done. done. Why do I believe that Satan was ultimately defeated and cast down at the cross? Because it says here in this passage that I read to you in Revelations chapter 12 that he was, he, he, they overcame him, I'm sorry, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The reason Satan couldn't ultimately be defeated because it was be, is because the blood of Jesus had not yet been spilled. Listen, when that blood was spilled, the Bible says, had the prince of this world known he would not have crucified the king of glory. That's good news to us. Satan has been defeated. All of our enemies have been defeated. Death, hell, and the grave have been defeated. Listen to what the writer in Hebrews says about it. It says in, in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that though that I'm sorry, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil and release those who th who through fear and death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Why did Jesus die on the cross to free us from our bondage? There was no other way. Sin had its grip on us. Sin had us bound. Satan had us exactly where he wanted. And Jesus came, the hero, to save us from our sins. And it was only by the effective work of Calvary that, that he was able to, to, to work our redemption. He had to go, the sinless one, and die in our place because otherwise we were subject to death. We would have, been we, we would have died and been separated for God for all eternity if Jesus had not done what he did. But Jesus came and saved us from our sins. The writer in Timothy, Timothy chapter 1, verse 10 said, Our Savior Jesus Christ has abolished death 
and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It was a dark day, but in that dark day, God did a mighty work that brought to light everlasting life and immortality for all of us who would believe in Jesus Christ. For all of us that would put our confidence in Him and follow after Him, there is salvation, there is eternal life, there is immortality to be gained in following Jesus Christ. Praise God for the work that Jesus did at Calvary's cross. It was a dark day, but it was the greatest day. On that dark day, darkness was defeated. The light of Jesus Christ, the, the Bible says in John that the light shined in darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. The light rose on that third day. Jesus came up out of that day, out of that grave. And it, 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 it shows us that indeed there was a great victory that has been won. If that grave could not keep him, then he is able to give to us eternal life. He has the power of life and he is able to deliver it to us. And the Bible said now he has ascended to the right hand of the father and he's giving gifts to men. The salvation, the gift of salvation is being delivered to the saints of God and we praise God for it. Listen, I, I, I believe this. If Jesus has defeated death, and I believe that the empty tomb tells us that he did, and if he has defeated death, then there is no dark thing in our hearts or in our lives that he is not able to defeat. If Jesus rose from the dead, and I believe that the empty tomb tells us that he did. The apostles staked their life. They were martyred because they were so convinced by what they had seen in his resurrection, they were willing to die for it. And I believe the empty tomb speaks that Jesus rose. I believe it with everything in me. And if he rose from the grave, then there is no dark thing that can defeat us. If he rose from the darkest day in human history, if he rose from the grips of, of, of death, if he rose from the pit of hell, victorious, then there is no dark thing in this world that cannot be defeated. Listen, I believe that the victory that Jesus won at Calvary's cross was an ultimate victory. It was an absolute victory. There's nothing that can extinguish or stop the power of God and what he is doing. And I believe that the resurrection speaks to that. Because of what Jesus Christ did, we can know eternal life. Because of what Jesus Christ did, our sins can be forgiven. Because of what Jesus Christ did for us, we can be healed in our bodies. We can be healed in our spirits. Because what Jesus Christ did for us, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear sickness. We don't have to fear any of the minions uh, uh, or, or, or the demons of hell. We don't have to fear any of that because Jesus has overcome them all. He has triumphed over all of it. He has wrought a great victory and brought life and immortality to light by the gospel. Amen. The gospel is good news. Jesus came and lived amongst us for 33 years. He lived as a man. He, he was fully human. God robed in flesh. God came and lived as a man for 33 years on this earth. And because of that, we have a high priest who knows the human condition. And the Bible says because of that, he's able to come to us in our time of need. This is the good news about Jesus. And they, 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 though he was a, a, a man of goodness, though he blessed and ministered and healed and, 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 and provided for so many, they, they turned on him and they put him upon a cross. 
But in that unrighteous act of man, the righteousness of God was wrought and salvation was delivered to all of us. Jesus, the righteous, Jesus, the sinless, died in our place at the hands of wicked men so that God could raise him back up on the third day and offer to us eternal life. This is the gospel. Jesus came and lived. Jesus died. He was buried in a grave, but on the third day he rose again. This is the good news about Jesus Christ. And and to us, it means salvation. It means deliverance. It means hope in the darkest day. If Jesus could rise from the pit of hell, there's nothing in this world, there's nothing in our lives and in our hearts that he cannot overcome. This is the good news about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to wrap up with a thought, something that I believe the Lord Lord has shown me in, in Isaiah chapter 60. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. This scripture talks about that dark day, right? It says, behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. You think about the darkness as Jesus hung upon that that cross. The sun did not give its light for three hours until Jesus on that cross, he made those seven statements and then he said, it is finished. And the Bible said he drew his last breath and gave up the ghost. What a dark moment. Darkness covered the entire earth. This passage of scripture is prophetic of the death of Jesus Christ in that darkness covering the earth, but it's also prophetic. It's prophetic of his death, but it's also prophetic of his resurrection. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. And the writer of Malachi says he will rise with healing in his, his wings. Another prophet would say the breaker has come up before you. Amen. He has risen. He has come up. He is not in the grave anymore. He is alive forevermore. This is a prophecy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to, the, to, to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Gentiles are coming and kings are coming into the kingdom. They're coming to the brightness of his rising. They're coming to the brightness of his shining. This is prophetic of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. But it's also prophetic of the times that we're living in today. Let me, let me, let me read it again. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. We're covered. We're living in a world that is covered in darkness and fear. The whole world is in a, in a pandemic. The whole world is, is caught up in fear. Deep darkness covers the people. But here's the word to the church. Arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Return church, I want to encourage you. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. There's an analogy in scripture and it's that the, the moon is representative of the church. We, we have no light of our own. The only light that we have is the light of the sun that we reflect. We reflect the light of Jesus Christ to a lost, hurting, and broken world. 
It says the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. The glory of the Lord is shining upon us. His light is radiating upon us. May we reflect that light to a lost, hurting, trembling, fearful, broken world. May the Gentiles come to our shining. May the kings of the nations come to the brightness of our shining. As we reflect and radiate the glory of the Lord, we are a shining city set upon a hill. We are a candle that cannot be put under a bushel. We radiate the light of the goodness of our God. He is a good God. Listen, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I, I want to encourage you in this as we wrap this up. Listen, this is a, the greatest day for the church. God is doing a work in His church. God's doing a work in His people. God is doing a work in you today that is preparing you for one of the greatest harvests we have ever seen. Amen? Church, it's time for us to arise and shine. It's time for us to go forth. Listen, when, we, when life goes back to normal, I want to challenge you, don't go back to normal. Don't go back to your old routines and ruts. Live the life that God's called you to live. Shine the light, the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ in everything that you do and make a difference in this world. Let men and women see the brightness of your shining and come to the Lord. Amen. God bless you, Return Church. It has been an honor and a privilege and a joy to be with you this morning. Look forward. We cannot wait uh, to, to get to Indiana and to start work and, and to, to be a part of what God is building in, in, in southern Indiana. We're, we're extremely excited about it and looking forward to it. At this time, uh, my wife Rachel is here in the studio and she's going to uh, bring a song to you guys. And I pray that it's a blessing to you. Let me pray and uh, we'll, we'll turn it over to Rachel. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, your, your word will not return void, Father. I, I pray that today it penetrates hearts. Lord, I pray that our lives are changed, transformed, that we are challenged, Lord God. Cause us to rise, Lord God, and shine, we, that we might radiate your glory to a world that is hurting and broken, Lord God, that you would draw men into your kingdom, Father. Use us, use us for your glory, Lord. Let our lives declare your gospel. Let it declare the good news about what Jesus has done. Father, we thank you and we honor you today. In Jesus' name, God bless you, Return Church. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so, so no good, yeah With every breath that I am able And I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You led me through the fire in darkest night 
You were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God Oh yes, Lord And all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so, so no good, yes, with every breath that I am made for, and I will see of the goodness of God, oh yes, your goodness is running after, it's running after me, yes, and your goodness is running after, it's running after Life laid down to surrender now and give you everything, Lord. Yes, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Normal life, you have been faithful. Until my life, you have been so. So do good, yeah, with every breath that I am made for, and I will see of the goodness of God. Who oh, I'm gonna see the goodness of God. Yes, so oh, I'm gonna see of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Sing of your goodness, Lord. Yeah. Thank you for your unfailing love, Jesus. Step us alive with the Lord never ceases. And his mercy never comes to an end. From everlasting to everlasting. You're faithful, God. You're faithful, God. Don't lie if you have been faithful. Don't lie if you have been so, so no good, yes, with every breath that I am able, and I will sing of the goodness of God, oh yes, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God, oh yes, I'm gonna sing of the goodness. God. Thank you, Jesus.